Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Drink it in, man. Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? We are back. And we are back with Grifka. We had some technical issues. We had some things going on. Grifka's a busy man. Uh, missed a podcast. The Big Hughes did a run-in from the crowd, just like old-school wrestling, and uh, jumped in there and had some fun on the show. But Grifka, you're back, man. It's awesome to have you. Um, how's it going, buddy? Oh, man, week one's here, man. I'm stoked, hyped for some real football. Awesome. And uh, like, I know you don't know it, Grifka, but we're just adding on to your catchphrases week by week because we're adding stoked to the list because I don't think anybody in, in normal society says that, but it's one of your favorite go-tos and I love it. So yeah, try stoked, to, stoked to use it. Try, try, <laughs> try to fit that in whenever you can. But uh, what I want to do is we haven't spoken since the Lions cut down to 53. So I want to get kind of your general thoughts about the roster cuts and then uh, a couple more quick questions here off the top. And then we'll uh, dive right into the Jets game. Sound like a plan? Yeah, sounds good. All right, Grifka. So just give it to me. Uh, Lions cut down a bunch of players. Uh, what surprised you? What'd you like? Uh, surprising and, uh, you know, what I like. Uh... And, you know, seeing stuff in the preseason, reading stuff, I guess the, the most surprising cut for me was the cornerback shed. I know in years past, it seems like no matter what uh, the line signed, no matter what they did in the preseason, they were going to give the guy a chance because they signed him. So they're going to keep him on the roster. But I know shed was like nicked up in the preseason, didn't have a whole lot of tape, uh, wasn't you know, producing like they thought they thought he would. So, you know, I was really surprised that, uh, you know, you know, the GM Quinn would decide, okay, we're going to cut bait and go with what we had. So, you know, like I said, in years past, it seems like they would hold on to guys no matter what. So for them to ultimately cut that guy, that one I found really, really surprising. Um, another thing I found surprising was like the number of defensive linemen that they had. Um, I think they're going with seven. I, I think they kept seven, which means that they're gonna, probably going to run more of a three, four than a four, three. I realized one of those guys that they ended up, you know, keeping to start with was Anthony Zettel and I know in previous podcasts even before training camp started we had spoken about how uh, Zettel was going to be you know good for the team he's got a high motor you know uh, plays you know really well you know I heard comparisons to you know poor man Jared Allen you know and how he turned into a fast master but um but uh you know for him to uh Go ahead. That was that was a Griffin classic. You caught me off guard with a, a great Jared Allen pull. Oh man, he was he was legendary in Kansas City. You just compared yeah. you just compared Anthony Zettel to him. Yeah, but uh, uh, so when they kept him, we're all like, oh okay. Even though he had what six and a half sacks last year, and he was really like I said, high motor, chasing down plays. But we know he struggled with you know against you know defending the run and setting the edge. So. You know, to see they ultimately waived him for uh, you know the guy from the Giants was I can't remember I can't pronounce his name, 
Don't yeah. want to try it. Awara, um, I believe, is the last name. He's yeah. a he's a big old like six five, two fifty, kind of an outside backer, defensive end. When he came out in the draft, I liked him. Like I liked his size, and then he came from a big school. But he was he was projected to go late. I think I had him in like the fifth, sixth round type of guy with some upside. And uh, I don't know if he went undrafted or real late, but um, you know. I, I know that they saw him in person when he was here with the Giants when they practiced, and uh, on paper, just coming off the bus, he looks like a guy they can get after the quarterback. So I was surprised too to see Zettel go, but I don't mind it. I think it's a good upside play. Maybe this guy's got a little more juice and a little bit more versatility than Zettel did. Zettel just seems like an outside pass rusher with some hustle skills. So um, that's, yeah. just, that's just my little take on Wara, I believe is how you pronounce it. But uh, I'm, I'm curious to see him. Yeah, it's like it's from everything I've read and heard. It sounds like he fits the scheme that Matt Patricia is trying to bring to this team more than Anthony Zettel did. You know, I realized Zettel was you know signed by Cleveland. You know, hey, you know, best of luck to you. You seem like a good guy, but um, if this uh, Awara fits the scheme better, I'm definitely going to take a guy who's going to you know be able to you know collapse the pocket, maybe set the edge a little better than what uh, Anthony Zettel did. Yeah. Um, another thing I found kind of surprising was the number of offensive linemen they kept. Um, it seems like Crosby's going to be the swing tackle between um, the backups for um, either Taylor Decker and Rick Wagner. Um, he made the squad. And then uh, interior-wise, I mean, I kept Joe Dahl and Kenny Wiggins. But I believe if Graham Glasgow was to get hurt, they would probably bump um, uh, Ragnow in at center and use uh, either Dahl or Wiggins at guard. And once again, we have to pay attention to TJ Lang. I realized last was a week to 10 days he's been practicing but he didn't take any preseason snaps, you know, in, in the games, you know, due to his shoulder. So I realize that's something we got to watch with, watch for. Maybe that's why they kept both Wiggins and Dahl, you know, just for the little bit of that depth at um, there. And then with them keeping the wide receivers, you know, um, I know we had spoken about, you know, the main four we always talk about, but then keeping both um, Powell and um, Bradley Marquez, you know, Marquez more of the special teams ace, you know, the gunner on punt team. So I know they did that. So, uh, I know we had spoken about that on earlier podcasts. So uh, keeping that many, that type of wide receiver, those wide receivers, I found a little more surprising. But most of the cuts, you know, nothing really surprised me on that. But, um, you know, the few pickups they've had afterwards, I'm, you know, I'm glad they kept Eli Harold, you know, and then, like you said, uh, the defensive end from the Giants that we picked up. So I um, kind of like the way the roster's at. Just interested to see how they turn out. Yeah, man. Sounds good. Good stuff. I, uh, I pretty much talked about, you know, my side of things on the last show, so I won't go back and reiterate all that, but I think you hit on a lot of the, the main pieces. And, and again, it's I, nothing really jumped out, which I think is a good thing. And, and Bobby Quinn and Matt Patricia working hand in hand to try to get this thing headed in the right direction. So I like that. So the only other little things I want to bring up is uh, the Lions did bring on Marquise Flowers. So that was a, a guy they added from the Patriots and uh, somebody that can probably help them. And uh, like I say, little tweaks here or there, or I hear a lot of good things about Brandon Powell coming out of GT, which to me, GT every year like pubs up whoever's his backup for some reason. And then they're usually cut by, you know, before you can blink. I remember he did that like two, three years in a row where he got all excited about this undrafted wideout. And, oh, he's going to be special. And he hasn't been. And I even said that about Galladay, which I'm hoping works. But um, I'm interested to see Powell because, like, when I watched him, I just felt like he was a – he looked like a 
a wide receiver, like a, a fluid, shifty little guy in the preseason that I think could help us. So I'm excited of him over some of the other guys we've had uh, in that position. But like I say, it's dropping an ad and working on this roster. Um, but the people are here to hear about the Jets, Grifka. So before we get to that, I just want to throw you a curveball. Who does Mike Grifka have playing in the Super Bowl this year? We've talked about it that we think and we know that on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast one day we will be talking about um, a Lions game in the Super Bowl. They will be there. Is it this year, Grifka? If not, who you got? Who's going to win it? Might as well just put it on the table now. Oh, well, uh, kind of, yeah, you did throw me a curveball there. I guess uh, I don't see the Lions doing it this year. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would really like that, but I don't <laughs> see it happening. But uh, I, out of the uh, AFC, you know, we'll just go with the standards, say the Patriots, make it there again. And the NFC, gosh, uh, I like what the Rams are doing. I'm going to go with the Rams. I know it's going back a few years, you know. Uh, obviously, Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl, you know, is a you know greatest show on turf against Tom Brady's coming out party, and the Patriots won that one. So I'm going to go with that again. I'm going to say the Patriots win that Super Bowl over the Rams and uh, – you know, Brady retires after that. You know, rides off into the sunset as with a big victory. Wow. Okay. So you got you got the greatest of all time winning a Super Bowl and instead of playing five more years, like he says, just saying, I'm good. I'm out of here. Um, you know, it's a big Tom Brady house with being a Michigan fan, and you know, just love winners like him who just no matter what seem to make the biggest plays in the biggest games. So. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I don't see it happen. I see even if him winning, like him just kind of continuing to add to his legacy and whatnot. But, I mean, like you say, they are there every year. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little setback from the Patriots, just uh, some changeover and them kind of reformulating their team. But Tom Brady's Tom Brady, so I don't mind that prediction. Uh, I'll quickly throw out mine. I mean, to me, um, you know, Recently, the last few years, I'm just a big Falcons fan. I kind of love all these little offensive pieces they have. They've been adding defensive players that really, um, you know, make plays and are just kind of uh, good football players that fit their schemes. So first time ever, Grifka, I'm looking for um, a lot of talk about it last year when the Vikings made that run and it fell short. But I'm thinking for some reason, maybe the Falcons get it done, get to the Super Bowl in their home stadium and the ATL. And then if I got to pick a team on the AFC side, I mean, again, it's another team that is a little off the radar, but also has a little bit of buzz. I'm going to put the uh, San Diego Chargers in that game. I mean, to me, uh, Phillip Rivers has always been a real fun gunslinger that I like to watch. They've got a lot of good pieces offensively and uh, a real nasty defense. Lots of playmakers, lots of people all over the ball. So I'd love to see those two teams in it. Fresh matchup, good, young, exciting teams that are good on both sides of the ball rather than just you know, one or the other. And uh, I see the Falcons take it home the Super Bowl in their home stadium. I mean, absolutely city going crazy. So I would love to see Matt Ryan and the crew get one. And uh, that's what I'm throwing out there. So we, we got the Patriots winning by you and we got the ATL taking it home in Atlanta by me. So I'm sure those will be, you know, both terribly wrong, but it's fun to throw that out for the people uh, here in the beginning. So, um, Appreciate it, Grifka. You know, good takes on the roster cuts and, and fun to talk about uh, crazy predictions as we're just kicking off the season. But let's roll right in, Grifka. It is time to talk about the Jets game. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. It is game week. The Detroit Lions are kicking off their season at Ford Field, Monday Night Football, 
We're going to be in the house. We're going to be tailgating all day. It's going to be incredible. Let's break down this football game. Sam Darnold, that 21-year-old, high-drafted, Southern California punk at quarterback. I've already given my thoughts on the previous podcast. You talked to me about how this game's going to shake down, but start with that that rookie quarterback debuting. What's going to happen with him? I'm really hoping that um, the Detroit defense really comes out on fire and um, puts a lot of pressure on this guy. You know, first game on the road, he's it's a you know big uh, big setting for him. I know he played at Southern Cal and you know played in from you know, the Coliseum, you know, for like you know, one of the historic you know college football programs in USC. But you know the pro of the game, you know the game is a little faster. You know windows close a little tighter on you. Um, you know everybody's a little quicker. You know you can outrun those defensive ends in college, where in the pros, um, those guys are usually tracking down from behind. So I mean it's going to be a raucous crowd. I mean on on Monday night, I'm hoping that the Lions, you know they uh, they're um, they really stuff the box, try to you know stop the run, in hopes of uh, making Darnold beat him with his arm. Where and then the cornerbacks, uh, you know, just really press those wide receivers. I mean, I think the Lions, you know, uh, they'll be able to stop the run. I don't think the Jets' offensive line's all that good. Um, you know, I mean, they got Crowell and was a below Powell in the back, in, in the backfield, and Powell's more of a third down back. But I, I think they can, um, you know, stop those guys. You know, stop the run. Wide receivers. I know they have your boy. You know, Mister Thousand Yards, Ten Touchdowns, Terrell Pryor, the guy you were all about, and uh, you know, I think what Quincy and Dunn was the other one, and. Uh, you know, was it was I think Robbie Anderson had a decent year for him last year, but still, like those guys really don't put the fear of God in me. I, I think the defense can really shut down that offense, and you know, the Jets tight ends—they're they're nothing really to write home about either. Um, so I, I can see them, you know, holding the Jets, you know, offense in check. But we have seen in past years where the Lions have, you know, put rookie quarterbacks or like young quarterbacks and made them look like they're going to Canton. So, like I said, with the struggles, Lions defense had in the preseason. I'm just hoping that Patricia was playing like a bunch of, you know, vanilla defense close to the vest. And, you know, he's going to bring all some, uh, some special stuff for Monday night. Um, now when uh, they have the ball, that Detroit has the ball, um, Jets defense, I know they seem to always sink a lot of uh, assets into that defense. And right now probably the biggest name on that defense is, you know, Leonard Williams coming off the edge. You know, um, you know, he's, uh, the guy's good. That's all there's to it. He's really good. Um, he would be the guy in that defense I would fear. Um, you know, Wagner and Decker are going to have their hands full, but that's why you pay those guys the big bucks. Um, you know, the linebackers, probably the best one's probably Darren Lee. Um, that guy's young, he's quick, he's fast, he's a good hitter. Um, that's a guy I would, uh, yeah, I would worry about at the linebacker and defensive backfield. They have Jamar Adams back there, and uh, gosh, I can't remember um, who else is back there. I know that like, they still have, they still got Buster Screen, probably one of the best names in, in football, right there. <laughs> Mr. Buster, Mar- Marcus, Marcus May, man, on the back end with uh, Jamal Adams, and then uh, like you say, Buster Screen, one of the best set of dreadlocks in football. No doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I still one of those things. I know the Jets, like I said, they sink a lot of assets into that defense, but I believe what the um, the Lions have on offense. You know, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate. You know, hopefully Kenny G can do something. I know they're going to try to establish the run. You know, and, but I hope they just don't get, you know, happy. And that's like, okay, we need to pound the rock, pound the rock. And that's all they continue to do. And, um, to, you know, just to show that they can do it. Um, so, like, just give what the defense takes you. You know, if they're jamming the box full of people, you know, don't try to just, you know, 
pound the rock, you know, just to prove a point. I mean, obviously Stafford has passed them to victories before. If that's what they're giving you, have them do it again. I don't care. Um, I'm really hoping now they just come out and just lay the lumber from the beginning. They just don't let this team hang around because we've seen it before with the Lions. They let lesser teams hang around and they get snake bit right at the end. Um, it's one of those things where just, you know, you're the better team. You know, don't just say we can put our helmets on. We're going to win this. Obviously, the Jets are going to try to play hard and win the game as well. But um, go out there and just lay the lumber. Have this game done by midway through the third. You know, just go out there, just, you know, sh- you know, impose your will. Let them know it's like we're the better team. You know, you guys don't stand a chance tonight. You know, I'm, I'm looking hopefully something like a score of like 31-10. I know in the pros, you know, winning by that much is a lot. Um, especially in the first week when everybody's like trying to get their feet wet, making sure they have everything together. I'm I'm saying 31-10, you know, maybe 24-10, but um, yeah, 31-10, big lines victory. This game's over by midway through the third, and um, they're just lines defense just having their way. All right, well, sounds good. So, so Griff guy, I know you love to uh, bestow your immense football knowledge on the people. And uh, you definitely broke down that football game position by position. But let me do you a favor here and, and answer that same question uh, in concise, short form for the people. So if I, if I got you right, basically what you said is that Sar- Sam Darnold, along with the Jets offense, pretty much on Monday night is going to be simply this. Struggling. <laughs> and then what you went on to say, or you were intimating – is that the Lions offense will be doing a lot of this. So that's what I see happening. I see offense for the Jets and this rookie punk quarterback struggling. And then I see the Lions putting up lots of touchdowns, lots of points in the paint. And like you said, coming away with a victory. So are we on the same page there? Definitely. Definitely. All right. Perfect. Um, now I had a couple questions for you, uh, in regards to this game. So we kind of hit on it in the beginning, but, um, you know, I just got a big question. Will this team, meaning the Lions, step up, or you think they're going to have to ease into this game, or you think they'll be able to be much better right from the jump? Because we've always started slow. That's one of those things that I'm hoping that – I always think they started slow because I think Caldwell wants to be – very conservative, just go out, don't turn the ball over early, and, um, you know, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it, then we'll get going, we'll get rolling, and, you know, in the second half, come back and, you know, throw some points up. I'm hoping Patricia's like, you know, he's one of those guys like, hey, go out there, just jam it down their throat. You know, if we're going to pass, just, you know, throw the ball all over the place. If he's trying to mimic the, the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick would do that all the time. You know, I mean, yeah, we've seen those games where, like, the, you know, Belichick and the Patriots, uh, they would have some tough games, you know, it seems like against the Dolphins, the Bills. But they had some games where it would just be like you'd look up, you'd be watching the score line, and all of a sudden being, you know, you know, midway, you know, through the first quarter, it'd be like 17 nothing New England. You know, you know they're just going out and just throwing the – chucking the ball around. So I'm hoping that's what Patricia does. He doesn't handcuff Jim Bob, you know, with, with the offense saying, okay, we just need to pound the rock, pound the rock, you know, grind the game. It's just like, no, it's like go out there and just, just air it out. You know, if that's what the Jets give you, just air it out, man. Just just go get it. So I'm really hoping they just come out on fire. That raucous crowd, you know, early in the game becomes more raucous. I mean, we've been at those games before where the crowd is screaming, and, you know, it seems like five minutes into the game, all of a sudden it's just all the air is out of there. 
you know, so I'm hoping it's one of those things like everybody's hooting and hollering, you know, blinds, you know, you know, they, defer, they win the coin toss, defer, they go out there, you know, stop the jets three and out, they get the ball and they just drive down the field, you know, score a touchdown, you know, they get the, you know, they stop them again, three and out, get the ball and just go down and score another touchdown, you know, they're at 14, nothing, you know, in the first 10 minutes in the game, you know, that crowd would be on fire and like that place, the roof would probably blow off and uh, it'd be easier to put that retractable dome on that they're talking about doing, but, uh, that's one of those things I'm just hoping they don't handcuff him and just say, let's ease into this thing. Just go out there. Just, you know, just pound, you know, just pound him into, you know, into oblivion from the start. Yeah. All right. Well, here's the thing. I got a couple uh comebacks on, on what you just said. First of all, when you talk about the crowd being hype and being ready to go or letting the air out, like I hate to pull the curtain back for the people, but Griff, cause sometimes that's you. Because when we get so hype at our tailgate or we get in there and we're like, oh, man, can't wait for this game to kick off. The first flag, the first bad play by the Lions, you're ready to just say how bad this team is or how you hate so-and-so on our own team. And who's got to talk you off the ledge? Me sitting right next to you saying, Grifka, there's, there's 12 minutes to go in the first quarter. Calm down. And you're ready to quit. So so we got to look yourself in the mirror on that one. We need some positivity and some Kool-Aid for you this year so you can calm it down and know that football is a marathon, not a sprint. Second of all, one thing you kept saying is, I hope that they come out slinging. I hope, uh, you know, we drop bombs on people. One thing we got to do on this podcast, Grifka, is not always say what we hope or th- uh, we got to tell the people what's going to happen or what we what we think and we're got to tell them what's going to happen because we always can hope for X, Y, and Z. But what do you really think is going to happen? Everyone's going to say, I hope the Lions come out and, and let it rip. Will they? And I want to know, will they? Not I hope they will because, yeah, we hope that. But I, I'm I'm curious. I'm leaning to the fact that if I had to make a proclamation is that, um, you know, I think for the first little bit, we're going to stumble still. And it is going to be frustrating. You know, if I wish I could go out on a limb and say, man, from the get go, we're going to first play of the game. We're going to rip it downfield 50 yards. I still don't see that happening. And then I'm, I'm going to have to determine after a while, if it keeps happening, that it's our offensive coordinator and it's our quarterback, not taking enough of the reins to get this thing going. But not saying what you hope will happen. What do you think happens on play or drive one? Are they going to rip it and grip it, or are they going to just do the same old, same old we've seen the last two years that's been frustrating? What What do I think will happen? Same old, same old last couple of years. Why? Because they'll come out conservative, and they won't want to turn the ball over. That, that's it. They, they won't want to make a play. They're, they don't want, they're not going to want to go three and out. The, the chances of hitting something long down the field is it's it's a very you know low percentage play so i think they're going to want to come out and just you know just try to this matriculate the ball down the field you know getting 3 4 yards of play can you can know, you uh, like that. can you spell that, matric- that's what i think will happen can you spell matriculate for the people grifka Nah, man, I don't have Google up right now to look at it, but I know what the word means. <laughs> yeah, so do I. That's a, that's a ten point word for you, no doubt about it. Um, okay, so but, but like, but but we always talk about this podcast as we're a couple fans talking about it. So to say we hope, that's what all fans would like. To, that's what all fans. No fan is sitting there thinking, "Oh, Monday, I sure hope that you know." first play of the game they just give it to Legarrette Blunt up the middle for a gain of two yards and I sure hope on second and eight they look to do their draw play or you know 
I, I sure hope they look to do that. You know, when, you know, when, the, when it's third and seven, I'm sure hoping they look to do that, that little crossing route to Golden Tate for five yards, and he gets the other two yards, but he gets tackled short of the stick, so we got a punt. Nobody says that, okay? So but, we're, but, we're fans talking, you know, we're not coordinators. So by saying we hope, yeah, we hope. We, we hope, like, you know, within that first drive, they're just going to uh-huh. release one down to Marvin and have it go. Do I think it's going to happen? No, because that's not the Lions I'm up. It's not. Uh, perfect chance for your catchphrase. But second of all, like, you're misreading me, Grifka. I didn't – I'm not saying – like, I started this podcast called the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. I want you to drink the Lions Kool-Aid. I want you to be positive about the team. But – I don't always want us to be hoping or saying maybe this will happen, maybe that. Like we got to proclamate and tell the people what's going to happen before it happens, or sometimes be realism, real realists. And I think that, like you said, you hope this happens, but you just said you really think that they'll come out conservative. And then I want to drill down farther. Why is it our coordinator? Is it our quarterback? Is it Matt Pat not wanting to let it loose because he's a new head coach. Like those are the kind of things I want to talk about. Not, I hope this, I hope that. I mean, let's let's tell the people what we think is going to happen, and then figure out why it's going to happen, and then see if it happens on Monday. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying be negative on the team. Oh, I hope for no offense. No, I'm not saying that. But I want to know if you really think they'll come out cooking or not, more so than what you hope for. Sometimes that's all I'm saying. Okay. So, to me, I want to ask you again, the why. So, you think they will come out stumbling and you thought Caldwell would ease into the game. Why is that going to continue when we have a new regime and we got more skill guys and more a better run game? Why would we not come out, like, with a, a whole different approach? Who Who's it on? How can we fix it? I think that's going to be an offensive coordinator. I mean, first game, I mean, Stafford's been there before, but still. I, I don't think they're going to come out and try to do anything splashy and flashy early in the game. He never did that last year. And like I said, maybe it was Caldwell, you know, putting the, putting the handcuffs on him, making him do that. But if if Jim Bob's one calling the plays, you know, he could say to Matt Petty, he could have said Jim Caldwell last year. So it's like, no, let's just come out and sling it around. But I don't think they'll do that. I think they're going to want to try to – what they did to the offensive line, what they drafted – they're going to try to, you know, establish that run early. So, yeah, that comes down to the offense coordinator with um, Matt Patricia's blessing. So that's where that comes from. Okay. Well, like I say, we'll see. I want to revisit this topic after the game because, you know, like I say, we really need to get our hands around, you know, if this offense comes and sputters, you know, what do they sputter and what needs to be changed? What are we going to fix? What could be better if they come out with a whole new facelift where it's like, I mean, you look at each other at the game and go, wow, this is the offense we wanted four years ago. You know, we're, we're chucking it. We're running a trick play here or there. We're we're pounding people inside the 10, scoring touchdowns. Like, to me, we'll talk about that, too, about, wow, you know, either it was Caldwell or Jim Bob really changed it up or Stafford in his 10th year is, is cutting it loose better. You know what I mean? Like, I'm interested in all that kind of stuff on Monday. So I think that'll really – um, be interesting. You kind of hit on it before, but talk a little bit more. So it was a terrible preseason. Nobody can say otherwise, but um, you think they can snap out of it. You said a little bit that you think that, you know, they will have some early struggles, but then you also said it, it's a pretty easy win here on Monday. Um, talk to me about that terrible preseason. Now that we're playing real football against the Jets 
like what's going to either be different or where will those struggles be, you think, off of that bad preseason? I still think they're going to struggle getting to the quarterback. Uh, It just seems like they don't have enough. I mean, their big signing was Kennard. Maybe he's a system guy. Maybe he will have, you know, eight, nine sacks this year compared to what he had last year. I think it was like four, four and a half, mm-hmm. I think is, is what he ended up with. Um, Ziggy, I don't know about him. I mean, when he's healthy, he seems to dominate lesser tackles, but against any good tackle, he just seems to disappear. And, you know, we don't know how healthy he's ever going to be. He seems to be like, I don't know, the paper line the last couple of years. It's just like, we were we were there last year when he got hurt, you know, first game of the season, and you know we're like, oh, Ziggy's out again, and we're like, oh, maybe he'll just come back, and then you know we saw it's like, oh, doubtful, and you know he came he came back, you know, against the Giants. Here's my and, thing though with Ziggy Ansah, I think that he's going to uh, be more motivated because it's a true contract year now. I think that this scheme fits him better if you go all the way back to what he did at BYU. He was more of a move him around, blitz him from all types of positions, just let him hunt people in the run game. So I think this fits him better. And I I don't know. I, I always in football, like if a guy gets hurt a lot, instead of calling him injury prone, I like play the percentages. Like, hey, this guy's been hurt a lot. Like he's due for a pretty healthy. So I think he'll be good. And I try to get him on the upswing rather than wait till he's had four good years and then try to go pluck the player, draft the guy. So I see a big year coming for this guy. Now, with that being said, I think I said it on the previous show, I see a big year coming for him, and I I see him pricing himself out of Detroit, not wanting to be here, or us not wanting him, because he just isn't a core piece that they're willing to give the huge money to at the age that he's at. So that's my quick take on Ziggy, but I agree with you. I think overall the pass rush will be a problem. I want to chime in real quick on Marquise flowers. They brought him in and I saw an interview with him recently. And this guy looks like an athlete to me, like just the way he talked, the way he his his attitude was really Patriots and like, Hey, I'm taking it one day at a time. Like I want to get to know my teammates. I want to prove it to everybody. What I do not talk about it. But, man, he looked like a silky smooth athlete as far as just his build. And there's something about him where it made me feel like not only can this guy maybe rush the passer, but I liked him as like an outside linebacker just from the interview and then a little bit of film that I saw on him was pretty good. So that's a that's a quick side note for you. But Marquise Flowers, I like I like him on a lot of levels. You know, he knows the coach, the scheme, and he looked like a player. So that's a good thing. Yeah, it was. I mean, that was uh... – happy with that signing so it's one of those things maybe you can push christian jones a little bit you know christian jones you know schedule um um, struggled some in the uh, preseason so maybe that's what flowers is here for they looked like real different players to me like to me christian jones i saw him in person at training camp just looked like a big thick thumper and uh and and marquis flowers to me looked like a lanky kind of play in space can run sideline sideline or could come off the edge a little bit more so I think they're a little bit different guys but I agree with you you know push each other but also maybe do different things that's what I think the Lions are all about Griff because like they want to be so multiple at so many different levels and they want to have all these different running backs one that can grind one that can catch one that can do everything one that can um you know uh, run between the tackles. Like, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm curious if that works out. Cause to me, it feels like they're trying to build the, 
the Detroit Pistons of 04, where they just have a lot of great role player guys and a good team, but they don't have many blue chip guys or many guys that are just all pros. And I don't know. I think that could work out in the NFL. I mean, I think uh, it's such a team game that if you do get the right pieces and if everybody kind of stays pretty healthy and you fill in the gaps like they've been trying to do, if it all comes together, man, like you could get lightning in a battle, I think. Yeah, I mean, definitely it could be a the sum of all the parts are better than just, you know, one person, you know, having yeah. a superstar here, superstar there. So, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Well, sounds good. So, you know, you wrapped it up. You gave us your your um, Jets review. You gave us your prediction. Talking W, me, you, and the Big Hughes are all talking W for this game for the Lions. So, we've got a few questions here, Grifka. Are you ready for a few questions that have yeah. been submitted? Yeah, I'm interested in these. All right. Yeah, let's hit these. And then we got a lot of info coming up here at the end, people, about uh, where we'll be for this game, our tailgate. If you want to swing by, if you, uh, you know, want to share the podcast, we'll get some info on that. So um, let's head to our questions. Grifka, are you ready? Yeah. First question comes from Rod in Dallas. Rod wants to know, Grifka, he actually put this to you, Grifka. How is your will? Is it outstanding? And is your shovel sharp? <laughs> of course it is, especially with this team. Oh, gosh, you know, uh, my will is outstanding. My shovel, you know, I'm going to use it just to keep on digging, man. It's just no got to keep happens, digging. Got to keep digging, find that light at the end of the tunnel. It seems like uh, in recent years, the light at the end of the tunnel for the Lions has always been a train as opposed to, you know, the sky. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, that shovel's going to be – strong i'm gonna make sure i got my pick with me as well and my resolve is just outstanding to like make sure you know, like huge huge uh big fan of this team so yeah my resolve is strong outstanding and my pick and shovel are strong and you know i'm gonna be using that shovel and pick so much it's gonna make me walk with a limp <laughs> see i don't even know rod from dallas but like if i had to guess he seems like a really old school type of guy and i bet like you didn't hit on it in your jets review but to me he just seems like a guy that no matter what's happening, all he's talking to you about getting your pads low and your pad level. I mean, he, he, I feels like that type of guy and a guy that would just like have an outstanding will, no doubt about it. So Definitely. I, uh, I appreciate the question, Rod. Uh, great, uh, great question. And hopefully the Lions will have a uh, sharp shovel, an outstanding will all season long. Question two, Grifka comes from Reggie and Reggie's out in Southern Cal. Reggie wants to know, what game will be the 100-yard game this year for the Lions? Who will it be, and is there an opponent you see them finally breaking that barrier and getting that 100-yard game from running back? Huh. Let's see. I don't think it's going to happen against the Jets. And then they play at San Fran. No. Home versus New England. No. Let's see. Who's, who's week four? That game is – I know what they got. Green Bay in there. I think Green Bay is what the fifth game. Yeah, I, I don't da- have Dallas, in Dallas is week four. Yeah, yep. Dallas is week four, five. I think Miami six. So I think I think it's a Miami game, and I think it's going to probably be carry on. I think he'll be able to. He's going to have a couple bigger runs to help him get that hundred yards. You know, maybe like a twenty-five yarder here, and maybe a thirty yarder there. It's not going to be like one of those 25 carries for 101 yards, you know, type things. It's going to be, he's going to have a couple, you know, longer runs in there to help him, you know, eat up some of those big yards there to get him, you know, 
you know, something maybe like, you know, 15 carries for like, uh, you know, 110, 112 yards. So I'm going to say carry on does it against Miami. And that, that'll be the week it happens. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to be bold for the people. I'm going to say it happens week one when we're there against the Jets. I feel like wow. one of these backs are going to come out and just get 100, put that to bed as part of the beat down against the Jets. So, yeah, give it to oh. me right away. Let's get this off our plate just like we did back in the day with that stupid road losing streak. When the when the Ofer season happened, you gotta you gotta start putting these to bed. The winning in Green Bay, let's get all these behind us so we can just play football, can we? So, um, third and final question: Are you ready for this one? Yeah. This one's a, a local guy. It's uh, Steve in East Lansing. Steve wants to know what is a better look: Matt Patricia in the trash bag black Lions jacket. Or Martha with her sunglasses indoors. Now, again, I don't know Steve, but to me, he comes off as kind of like a pretty boy, maybe like a rah-rah guy, maybe somebody that's like all worried about his hair or something like that. But, I mean, this is an interesting question, Grifka, where he's kind of asking about uh, fashion and looks. Do you go with the Matt Patricia black trash bag slicker? Or do you go with the classy, weird old lady look with Martha, the sunglasses, while inside, 24-7? I think she sleeps in these glasses. What are you thinking? Oh, you, you got to go with the sunglasses, man. You know, it's, come on, you know, her future's so bright, she's got to wear shades. You know, that's all there's to it all the time, everywhere. Her future's you know? not that bright anymore. I think she's about <laughs> 95. <laughs> Oh man, that's it's got to be the shades. Anything's got to be better than wearing the hefty cinch sack out there. Where you went to, you went to the uh, the store and bought some Detroit Lions stickers and you put it on there and tried to make it official NFL gear because that's what you did. But the, I, I'm not a huge fan of the hefty cinch sack. You know, uh, even though after the game they can you know go around the stands and pick up you know the leftover popcorn and uh, the programs and stuff and just throw it in there and use that. But uh, yeah, it's got to be those awesome sunglasses that you know. You know, if you were five feet from the sun, you'd still be able to be okay looking into it. So, uh, yeah, you have to go with those things. See, uh, no way, Grifka. I got to go the full other way. The the hefty 12-gallon slicker with the lion sticker logo with the long sleeves that come about down to your forearms. Uh and you just wear it every day, no matter what hat, what other gear you got on. You just throw that sucker on. You go to work. Matt Patricia doesn't care what he looks like. He doesn't care what's clean in the laundry. He's just going with the trash bag slicker every day. And uh, yeah, like you say, those are going to be selling out across all the Home Depots in Detroit. No doubt about it. People are going to be going. Just, just, just give me the, uh, just give me the twenty pack of the the black trash bags. I'll be good for the year. Um, <laughs> And and here's a point that you totally missed, Grifka, is the black trash bag slicker is going to come in real handy when there's a certain Gatorade bath that's going to happen. And I'm not telling you when. I'm pretty optimistic. I got a lot of Detroit Kool-Aid. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I know that with this regime, I think it's going to happen. It's going to happen in February. There's going to be a Gatorade bath, and man. It's going to be nice to have that trash bag on when that hits that uh, cold water hits them. So I'm going with that all day. And, and to speak a minute on the, on the sunglasses, 
Like, to me, it's not cool when anyone wears sunglasses inside. I know the people that's wearing them thinks they're cool, but it's not acceptable in public society where I come from. You don't wear shades indoors. Like, I'm, I love wearing sunglasses, but the minute I even come under a shaded area or I'm about to go in somewhere, those suckers got to come right off. Secondly, uh, there's not like an age when it's acceptable. You're not like, oh, that's cute. Like the little five-year-old kids wearing his sunglasses wherever he goes. No, you take those off when you're inside, son. And the same goes for 90 or 108-year-old ladies like uh, Martha Ford. Like rip those stupid glasses off when you're inside. But the only thing that's good about the glasses with Martha Ford is sometimes I don't know if she's awake. I don't know if like – we want to see her without the glasses. I feel like she's a sweet lady. I mean, keep cutting those checks. Keep bringing in these guys that have won Super Bowls. But the glasses, we got we to gotta work on that. I mean, it's, it's not even close to me. Not even close. <laughs> okay, so we differ on that. That's fine. There we go. Slicker versus Shades. Me and Grifka split as we are on most things here on the podcast. So th- those are the questions we have, Grifka. Now we got to spend the last couple minutes here talking about the Detroit Kool-Aid tailgate that's going down. Really, it's just me and you hanging out outside before we go to the game. But um, you want to break? Want me to break some of the news to the people about what we're going to be doing, what we're going to have down there, and maybe where they can find us if they're hearing this? Yeah, definitely. Let them know where we're at. Definitely. Well, we've been teasing it for a while, telling you guys something might be going down. We'll let you know about the details. Like. Here, here's the basics on it. Like me and Grifka for every game we go down to start the season, we're basically in that Comerica Park lot right behind Chelly's Chili. So we got a little street in between and we're usually on that spot right, right by the sidewalk where the grass is there. So if you're hearing this and it's usually like the main spot where people are walking to the game. So, um, you know, if you're hearing this and you kind of know that area, like we'd love it if you'd swing by and just say what's up or, uh, you know, come hang with us. We're going to have a little banner out by our tailgate that says Detroit Kool-Aid, encouraging people to subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you swing by and say, hey, we've got uh, these little cards that will be hanging out that are personally designed by me that have uh, the logo. They've got a really cool um, design on the backside there, just encouraging people to um, check out the website, DetroitKool-Aid.com. You know, we're still working on some of those things, but we've got uh, the Jim Caldwell soundboard on there. We've got a bunch of draft resources, really dive deep into the draft every year, just some other fun things you can check out on there. So basically, like, if you come check us out, you'll get a card. We're also going to have Kool-Aid packets, so we'll be hanging out custom Kool-Aid packets with the uh, – we got these Detroit Kool-Aid stickers that we'll put on a Kool-Aid packet for you. You can take that uh, with you into the stadium or share it with a friend and and uh, tell them to check out the show. And uh, the rest of it, Grifka, is we'll be grilling, we'll be eating, we'll be – uh, drinking, we'll be playing games, we'll be yelling at uh, anybody that comes by in a green Jets jersey. I mean, Grifka, you're the historian of the show. Like, who are going to be the ridiculous fools that are going to come by in Jets jerseys? And give me a few players that, that wore that terrible jersey back in the day. Oh, oh okay. Well, I can guarantee you, I mean, we, we will see a Chad Pennington jersey. <laughs> oh, I mean, man. We will, see, we will see a Chad Pennington jersey. <laughs> and, but I, I would go crazy, really. I would. If I saw somebody walk by with, like, a Mark Gastineau jersey, I mean, that would be so sweet. I mean, like an Al Toon or a Ken O'Brien. or You can go all the way back. I might even bring my Joe Namath jersey. I might bring mine and be waving it out there. You know, Broadway Joe, that would be so cool to see Broadway Joe as the guest picker. You know, ESPN always drags somebody in. 
I would love that. You know, do, Griffey, you, know, you wear that name. Is, I'm going to tie you up like a pinata and beat you at the tailgate, like uh, like we did back in the day with the Brett Favre Minnesota jersey. When I got one of those, and we just beat it to a pulp at the tailgate. Like uh, you're not wearing Jets anything, and anybody that comes by, I mean, the Big Hughes said that you would probably be uh, goofy enough to say uh, names like Wayne Corbett. And uh, some of the, some of, some of these other bums that were on that team. I mean, they don't have enough good players for me to really make fun of them. But I can't wait to see some of these knuckleheads come by and their Revis Island represent. And I'm just gonna be like, yeah, no, that that island got shut down a long time ago. Like uh, it's yeah. it's, a, it's a deserted island, son. Just like your uh, victories will be this year. So yeah, I'm gonna be I'm yeah. gonna be I'm gonna be yakking and like I'm even trying to find a megaphone so I can yell at people at the tailgate. So you know I'm uh, take some pride in that every year. Yeah, the people that wear the Revis jersey because he did so much for the Jets. <laughs> right. That'll crack me up. Right. He, he uh, I mean, he was incredible there, but, yeah, he fell off the map towards the end of his career. Uh, but you you know, like you said, that Pennington's a great call. You know, there's going to be some of these other – the new scrubs they're going to have, like you're going to see the Robbie Anderson. He's terrible. You're going to see the – if somebody has a Blail Powell, I'm <laughs> – I'm gonna have to find out where they got that and how much they paid for it because that's that's absolutely embarrassing. You, you remember the year we went to the Chiefs home opener? That was the year that Rory took out, you know, Jamal Charles or whatever. That was oh, the yeah. tackle ever. Right. But remember we're at, we're at the tailgate and it seemed like every Chiefs jersey we saw was was it suck up their kicker? Right. You know, it's yeah. just like everybody's wearing like a suck. Up. We're like, is this like his family here or something? I mean, that's like, is, is, I mean, was this the only, I mean, nobody had like any good jersey. I mean, nobody had like a Derek Thomas jersey or anything like that. Mm. Nobody even, you know, like nothing. Neil Smith and, you know, anybody, Christian Okoye. No, everybody had a Ryan suck up jersey. We're like, well, I mean, this has to be his family is all we can figure. You know? Yeah. I mean, come on. It, it's crazy. I mean, me and, uh, it, me and Hughes talked about it, which is kind of funny, like the, the crazy Lions fans you see with the, the powder blue Kevin Jones or the Mike McMahon jersey. But so, Griffka, it sounds like you listen to the podcast. Give me one quick bit on your goofy Lions fan that you see at these games that you just can't stand or just don't know why they do what they do. Well, I know, I know you guys mentioned the guy with the, with the skeleton, and I really like that one. And the guy who dresses up like, you know, you know, obviously the head coach is going to turn around and pe- point to this guy in the stands, you know, because he's in full, you know, full gear with the helmet and everything. He says, you, right there, we need a linebacker. Get down here. You know, like that guy. It's just like, really, dude? But my favorite, this, this, is, the, this is the one-off. This is the one-off. I, I love the Pilgrim on Thanksgiving. I really do. It's like, you know, you know, CBS, Fox, it doesn't matter which station. They always find a fat guy and his wife, you know, he's dressed up like the Pilgrim. I mean, it is. It's just, this guy, it's like, even from the days at the Silverdome, the dude with the freaking 70s porn stash, you know, looks like he takes up a couple seats. His wife's sitting there. She has the Pilgrim uniform on, too. But they always have the blow-up turkey. You know, it's like, I don't know where they find this blow-up turkey. But it's like that. That, that. that is the fan. It's just like, you need to stop showing that guy. Go back to the dude with the fake Halloween skeleton with like the t-shirt jersey. It's not even a real football jersey that they put on this guy. It's like they go to Walmart and get an eight-pack of things, you know, right. of, of, of just white t-shirts. And they just guy just takes like a magic marker and put like, who's starting this week? Okay, Sam Darnold. So we'll go get a green marker on a white yeah. jersey and put Darnold. Yeah. Know, it's just like. It's like it's a t. It's not even. It's like, dude, at least invest in a fake T-shirt or something, a fake jersey. But no, it's always like that T-shirt. But 
my favorites, like, you know, I know you guys mentioned the guy with the ring hat, like, you know, a couple other ones, but no, my favorite is the Pilgrim guy. Oh, it's hands down. Hands, yeah. It's the Pilgrim. It's a great pull, man. And like, as you're talking about it, like to me, it makes no sense. Like, like just because you're at a Thanksgiving day game, it has nothing to do with football. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Let, let me cut in. Um, by the way, Thanksgiving guy, if you're listening to this podcast, I love you. I'm glad they show you. Okay. <laughs> Way to cover you. I was going to say when you're talking about skeleton guy, hey, skeleton guy, if you're listening to this, like, we don't need to fight. Like, we, we don't mind you, but we do want an upgrade. Like, could you imagine, Griff, if we're sitting up in our seats and, like, skeleton guy has, like, a has a Chad Pennington jersey on the skeleton this year? Like, how, how much better would we feel that he at least went halfway? At least he met us halfway and got something yeah, other definitely. than the, the Haynes tee with the green marker. So we're trying to infect change. You know, we're trying not to see people in the powder blue jerseys. We're trying to, like, make sure that you don't embarrass yourself or embarrass us as Lions fans. But I want to talk like about your powder blue jersey. Those powder blue jerseys are, like, by Russell Athletic or something like that. It's not even by, like, anybody. It's like, who made that jersey? Like, what gas station did you pick that up? Yeah. You know, just stop at the Shell on Nine Mile and pick that up on the way in? Or oh, yeah, brutal. I want to just hit on Pilgrim Man for one second because, like I said, it has nothing to do with football. Just because the game is on Thanksgiving, why would you dress up like a pilgrim? It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just absolutely stupid. Like, to me, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, a comparison, like, you know, I just don't see people going to like NBA games. Uh, you know, dressed as Santa. Yeah, it just—it's so weird. And like what you didn't hit on, which is the ultimate classic. And to me, this is actually cooler than the Pilgrim. But if you want to be stupid on uh, Thanksgiving, be the guy they show every time too. That is is sitting there, and yeah, he has his Lions jersey and his beer or whatever. But he's got that stupid turkey hat. The, oh, yeah. the the chef hat with the two drumsticks sticking out the top on both sides, like like yeah. to me, that's so much better and and at the same time still terrible. But man, it just blows the pilgrim out of the water. I have a question, you know, I don't come, get it. How, how come on Thanksgiving you never see anybody dressed up like a Native American? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't. Question. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, like you say, if they're if they're with the crowd that's going with this random like dressing up like the day of the week or the holiday then yeah there should be all types of things represented but um you know the the pilgrim and the wife is just ridiculous so anyway like you say just funny stuff that that we wanted to hit on but uh like i say back to uh we'll finish out this podcast back to just we, we love to see people come by we love that you've been supporting the show our numbers been growing every month, just been fun. We've been trying new things. We've been trying to uh, tinker with things here or there. And just, but what we really love doing is just turn on the mics, talking football. Like I said, the big part of the tailgate is me and Grifka. We just show up in the morning. We'll probably be there, you know, early morning, cooking eggs and bacon, uh, hanging out outside all day, and then yelling at people, having fun. And then hoping people come by and say what's up. And then we just can't wait to get in and watch this game. I mean, it's going to be one of the bigger openers we've ever had on Monday Night Football. It's our first game with the new coach. We've got our quarterbacks been under center. we got skill guys. we got a unique defense we're anxious to see. So we're going to be out there all day hanging. But, man, we can't wait to get in the stadium and uh, – and, and get to work and, and totally enjoy this game and whoop it up inside. So um, we're just encouraging everybody to come by. Like I say, we're even uh, – you never know what you might get if you come by that might have Detroit Kool-Aid on it. So come check us out. 
Um, we'll probably be uh, serving the blue Kool-Aid out there too, just having fun with it. So um, super fun. Grifka, I know you can't wait. You got anything to uh, say big time to the people before we close this one down? No, man. Week one's here, man. Drink it in. Cornbread. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, so everybody, we encourage you. Hit subscribe on iTunes, rate the podcast, share it with a friend. We're really going to get this thing ramped up now that we have real football to talk about. Um, Keep supporting us. We're going to keep doing this thing. We're having a blast with it, and we know it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and better and better. So as Griffith said, drink it in. The season's here. It's game week. This is Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody, and we'll be back to you soon. We're out. Drink it in, man.